0: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon.
1: How you doing, Fantasy Champs? What's up, boys? Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon right across from me over here. What's up? Uh, It is Tuesday, February 5th, 2019. Uh, and I cannot friggin' believe the fantasy f- season, not even fantasy, football in general is over. Super Bowl 53 was this past Sunday, um, and it was th- maybe the most boring game I've ever watched in my entire life. Yeah, but um, Patriots won, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was like watching the game, I'm like, everyone's like, oh my god, this championship is so sweet. I'm like, Why? Oh, like this is literally the worst possible game to feel good about. I mean, I'm like it was so bad offensively. There was it was good, too good. It defenses, was sweet, though. But like everyone's like, "Oh, Brady's got six. But Brady blew. <laughs> so bad, like I don't even want to give him six. I want to give six to the defense and Belichick, but not not Brady. Yeah, but Sorry, we still Brady. won, though. Yeah, so if you're still... not a Patriots fan, though, it must have yeah. sucked. Yeah, you you guys. Uh, at least you got to see a uh, big boy though at halftime. Yeah, big boy was pretty lit. Travis Scott hitting the. Travis
0: Scott
1: was yeah. The I like Travis Scott. The SpongeBob intro, though, bro. Yeah, but they could have done more, man. Sweet victory. What, did you want Maroon 5 to play sweet victory? Yes. (laughs) 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 That is is ridiculous. Um, All in all, it's actually kind of, it was a, you know, it's funny. I I heard somebody on ESPN, I believe, today, he was freaking out. He's like, all these people that say the Super Bowl was boring, why are you even watching? If you didn't like it, just turn it off. And I was like, "He's not wrong." He's like, "Why did he? he's like he's like you obviously sat there and put yourself through the torture of watching this game, so there must have been something interesting about it." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's true. It was actually a relatively decent game. It wasn't like a horrible game. It's just not what you expected you, after after like the highest scoring NFL season right. in the history of the game." You know, you get a thirteen to three Super Bowl.
0: Casual fans were probably pissed. Yeah. Off, oh but yeah.
1: The ratings were down a ten year low. I guess.
0: Well, that helps because New Orleans, like 90% of New Orleans did not watch the game. It's
1: true. It's very true. Um, So, today we are going to give you our top 10 tips and tricks to win your league in 2019. Um, Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Um, Subscribe wherever you listen. We're on Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, yada, yada, yada. All that good goobly goop. Um, and leave a review, leave a review. Cause we want to know if we're doing good, bad or ugly, probably ugly. Yeah, probably most likely ugly. Um, but I want to start by asking you a question. This is a hot topic or a hot debate going on in fantasy football as the season closes out. Um, does Todd Gurley's playoff performance continually concern you because he has not been that great the last couple games?
0: Very slightly, very slightly. Um, C- I don't think C.J. Anderson is going to take Todd Gurley's spot. Like, let's get that <laughs> out of the way. That's not going to happen. <laughs> However, I can see a situation where Todd Gurley is not happy over what happened yeah. and quietly goes to Sean McVay and maybe the front office and maybe requests a trade. Mm, interesting. Not likely. Not likely, but I could definitely see it happening after, you yeah. know, he... The last two games of the season, yeah. he barely even played. No, it's true. And in that Super Bowl, they could have used Todd Gurley they a lot could've. more. So I could definitely see a situation where that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, no.
1: Yeah, for me, uh, I mean, looking over the statistics this year, because people were people were going crazy about Todd Gurley. There are some points about Todd Gurley that I'm like, you people are nuts. Um, he finished first in standard leagues, first in half PPR, uh, and third in full PPR. Um he played gurley-like against the Cowboys. A lot of people forget that. In the in the game against the Cowboys, they uh he came out and he had, I think it was 117 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was actually a decent game for Todd Gurley. You know, not not a two touchdown, two hundred and fifty you know, all purpose yard game. Like that's a little bit ridiculous. But uh, you know, he did have a good game against the Cowboys. It was it's funny because Everything around the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, everything between, feels like a whole month of football talk. And it felt like he had, like, the way everyone was talking, it felt like Gurley just had a really bad playoffs. And I had to go back and look at his numbers in the playoffs, and I was like, wow, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. It was just the past two weeks. He He only had 14 total carries. The past two games, Super Bowl and NFC Championship combined. He only had 14 total carries for, I don't even know, 74 yards. It was only like 3.2 yards a carry. He just wasn't looking good. He, he was off for Especially the Saints game. Especially, especially the Saints game. He <laughs> was
0: crapping his pants in the first half. But, I mean, he didn't really get too much of a chance in the Super no, Bowl. No, not at all. And there uh, were spots where he was open in that game, and Goff
1: just oh, didn't yeah. see him, Yeah, especially early on. Big time. I think. I think what ended up happening in that game was that Uh, uh, C.J. Anderson played so, so well that they were like, let's just roll with this guy the whole game. Because, I mean, do you think the Saints went into a training room and said, we got a game plan for C.J. Anderson? No. They didn't even prepare something for C.J. Anderson. So I think that was just Sean McVay being like, let's go with the hot hand for this game. I think they fully expected to feed Gurley in the Super Bowl, and I think the Patriots had an answer for him, but you only gave him 10 carries in the game. I'm like this is that that's you're in the Super Bowl. Feed your guy. He had one carry of it was like 25 yards. I'm like just let him do his thing. Yeah. Get get girly in the game. Um will this affect his draft stock? Probably. You think so? Yeah, yeah I think it's going to affect his draft stock. He might go one spot less. Well, that's, two or yeah. two or three. Should it affect his draft spot, draft stock? No, not at all. I don't think it should. Um the only thing that concerns me is the fact that Andrew Whitworth Um, their star uh, run blocking offensive lineman um, is expected to retire it's not confirmed he might retire if that happens that gives me a little pause for concern for Todd Gurley none of what happened with CJ Anderson or in the playoffs gives me concern whatsoever like I'm like if I'm if I'm number one overall I'm taking Todd Gurley and that's more specifically, because I think the second guy on the board, Saquon Barkley, is going to have a, a rookie hangover in his year two. And when I say rookie hangover, don't castrate me, people. <laughs> don't murder me for saying that he's going to have a bad year. Um, I by bad year I mean like maybe finish eight, <laughs> like seven or eight. Yeah. No, you know he, Saquon Barkley's a talented guy. I just don't think he has an offensive line or anything. But that's the only thing that gives me concern about Todd Gurley is the Andrew Whitworth thing. CJ Anderson, not even under contract for next year. People are saying that he's going to steal snaps. We don't even know if he's coming back to the Rams. So there's a lot to be figured out there. Um, And Gurley's going to get the workload he got last year. If you're, if you're, if you're, I don't even know if people do draft lotteries like our league, but if you already know where you're picking and you're picking one, Take Todd Gurley in your redraft league. Take Todd Gurley. Don't even don't even waste your breath worrying. Well, waste your time worrying. We have about a little it. bit different opinions on this, but he he's it's gonna. A topic for he had 256 day. attempts for 2018. He's gonna get it again in 2019. Todd Gurley's gonna be good. I I mean, he might he might finish top three. What difference does it make if he finishes three to one? Like I, I, like the difference in like in in a half PPR setting. Todd Gurley had, I think it was 342 fantasy points. And um, that might be wrong. Uh, and what it was like a difference of two and a half fantasy points between Saquon Barkley and um, Todd Gurley. So, I mean, to me, you drafted one of those guys. Like, you still made it. That's out. true, yeah. You, yeah like, either is, one of them. To me, like, you're still getting an RB1. You're still getting a stud. So don't waste your time worrying about Todd Gurley. It, uh, what is, the question I was asking myself is, what is a bust of Todd Gurley? Like, next year. What, top five? <laughs> Anything outside the top three, probably, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Anything outside the top three. It's like,
0: that's still good. It is. That's Alvin Kamara numbers. You're still getting an RB1 if he goes, like, if he's the fifth best running back in the league, fantasy-wise. Yeah. That's still a solid RB1.
1: Very true. Um, Let's move on. Tips and tricks. So we are going to give you our top ten tips and tricks for the 2019 season. That's why you're here. You saw it in the, the headline, the name of the show. Um, so many people are looking for tips and tricks in their fantasy league. And a lot of people are getting falsified, Mm. horrible, terrible information. And, uh, we want to give you great tips. So, uh, how we're going to do it is I'll give my tip. Rick will give his tip and we'll just keep going back and forth. Um, so I'll start at 10. Um, ADP is your friend. Most Mm. definitely. ADP is your friend. Big time. Uh, it shocks me that no one uses ADP as effectively as they should. Um it's kind of funny because it's literally to me it's like a cheat code for drafting. I'm like why are why are people not using ADP? Like they're like, "Oh yeah, I use it when I draft, but I don't really use." It. I'm like, "Well, you're not really using it if you're just using it while you draft." Um so I want to give you a little example of what this means. This is how I use ADP. So you're in a redraft league with your buddies. And like our league, mm-hmm. me and Rick's league, we do a draft lottery system to determine the picks. Um, and so months in advance, we know what pick we have. So you know where you're going to draft ahead of time. I got the fifth pick. We're in a snake draft, right? You've got the fifth yep. pick in the first round. That means next round, you're getting 16th. Following round, you're getting 25th. Following round, you're getting 36th. You know where you're drafting the entire draft from rounds 1 to 15 if you have a uh, 15-player league. Um, So say you're in the third round and you got the fifth round pick. That means you got the 25th pick in the draft, right? Um, You can take your ADP and find out who might be available in that spot before the draft even starts. So what I do is I look at my draft, I looked at the ADP, and I say, okay, you know, this guy's getting picked 20, this guy's getting picked 23, this guy's getting picked 26, this guy's getting picked 28, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I figure out what guys I want, I make a list of them, and then later down the road when the draft actually starts, if you take somebody I don't like, then I go back and I'm like, that doesn't bother me because I already had a plan for this guy anyway. So it basically forces me to create three separate plans, four separate plans in each round to understand what guy you're going to get. Last year, I predicted the first five rounds of my draft successfully and what guys I wanted just by using this strategy. Um, so I like to look through each round. I like to make sure that I'm getting the guy that I want. And, you know, you can also use this as a strategy to go, okay, well, you know, in the sixth round, there's nobody on the board that I want, but I know this guy in the seventh round is going to be available then, but I'm not sure early seventh round, I'm not going to be sure he's going to be there. Right. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to grab him in the sixth round because I know that I can get him there and I don't like anyone in the sixth round. So that's generally how I use my ADP. I have three or four full backup plans in place so that people can't make you have that feeling in your soul and somebody steals your guy away. I hate when that happens. It drives me nuts. You're like, you're, you're about to draft the guy I picked before you and they take the guy you wanted and you're like, frick, now what do I do? And it's like, you don't have that feeling because you know what's going to happen next. Um, it, it allows you to be ahead of the game on everyone else's It allows you plan. to be
0: fully prepared. All the time. Because not only can you use it for yourself, but you can pr- yeah. use it as a prediction for other people. Yeah. For example, you, pr- you said you predicted the first five rounds, essentially. Mm-hmm. You knew the guy, not necessarily the guy I wanted, Yeah. but one of two guys I wanted. And you mm-hmm. knew if I didn't pick him, someone else in our league, was the person behind me was going to pick him. Yeah. By using ADP. Because mm-hmm. it's not an exact accurate like, yeah. rating thing, but yeah. you can still use it well. Right. Um, and it's super super effective for draft and nobody ever uses it
1: big time i, I think it's funny because I, not a lot of people think like that with adp they just assume that okay like cuz a lot of times some guys like this in our draft we had a team pick adam Thaleen in the third round now at the time <laughs> that's <laughs> right. that's not a great pick hindsight's 2020 yeah hindsight's 2020 right? 20, but that in the third round that's not a great pick for that guy you know what we can also say what
0: <clears throat> Oh god, <laughs> I'm gonna be bringing this up a lot. On this oh, show. Oh boy, but for example, yeah. At the time, I took Patrick Mahomes in the ninth round. Everybody, including myself, thought that was a little early. Yeah. Now I took a risk, which we'll get to later on. Mm-hmm. But at the time, yeah, that was extremely dumb pick. It's true, and I get that. Yeah. And using ADP though realizes yeah. that was a dumb pick.
1: Yeah, I think. I think too people on the flip side of it, people use ADP as gospel and it really isn't. That's why the system that, that we created kind of, you know, works effectively because you're not looking at it going, okay, well this is what the team is going to do ahead of me. You don't know what the team ahead of you is going to do or the team behind you is going to do. But if you have a plan in place where you're like, these three guys are the guys I want in the fifth round, then that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, there was a, there's a story I'll tell later that was relevant to that situation, but it's just using your ADP effectively can create... Oh, I just dropped my phone. I just failed That's completely. An L. Fat L. Um, using your ADP effectively can uh, boost your chances of creating a very, very good team through the draft. It's not the only thing you, you, you know you, you have to do when you're trying to win a fantasy league, but it's a very important step to building a great fantasy team. Uh, Rick, you got number nine. Well, number nine, quarterbacks aren't as important as you think. Yes, ma'am.
0: Now, people always see they want to get that first quarterback, right? Yeah. You want to get Aaron Rodgers. This mm-hmm. year, you're going to want to get Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to want to get Patrick Mahomes because Patty I'm a Patrick Patty. Mahomes guy. But historically speaking, in fantasy mm-hmm. drafts, it is better to take a quarterback later on in the yeah. draft. Right. Um, We're looking at guys who succeeded last year going by their average ADP. Jared Goff, who was, con- who was for most of the year, top five fantasy quarterback, even top three, was 13 for average ADP, according mm-hmm. to fancy Pro. Sorry, he was 15. Matt Ryan finished number two in fantasy yeah. points, standard league, average ADP, 13. Patrick wow. Mahomes was number one, average ADP, 16. <laughs> There's a lot of guys you can get yeah. in the back end of the draft. Yep that you're not going to have to waste a third-round pick that is extremely valuable for a running back or wide receiver that you can get for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks aren't that important. Wait on them. Unless unless you're sitting there in like the fourth round yeah. and Aaron Rodgers is there or Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. For, well, Take him. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers this year is a bad Take example. Take him right but, now. Right. If he falls into your lap, it's a yeah. different story. Yeah, But for the
1: most part, you're going to want to wait on quarterbacks. Yeah, big time. Uh, I also want to note that um, – I will be forever streaming quarterbacks. <laughs> this I don't necessarily agree with but I got I got burned this year. I burned in the past in general. Mm. So uh this is the story I was referring to in the last tip. Uh I made the mistake of drafting Carson Wentz in the 5th round because I fell in love with the guy. Um, I had Carson Wentz the previous year. He was a beast. He tore his ACL. I believed in him. His ADP was projecting him to go in the sixth round. It was right before my pick, and I got nervous, so I'm like, I'm going to take him in the fifth round. Now, had I not done that, I would have ended up with Joe Mixon, who I was trying targeting in that round. Perfect example. I was targeting them in that round, but I was like, oh, I like Carson Wentz, so I'm going to go after him. So I went after Carson Wentz, and I took a quarterback way too high. The quarterback Mm. position is the most overrated position in fantasy people. So overrated. Um, Just because quarterbacks score more fantasy points doesn't mean their position is more important. I think a lot of people get lost in that that hemisphere of thinking that... I 100% agree with that. The thinking that just because a quarterback can score 370 fantasy points like Mahomes or something ridiculous like that... Well, Mahomes, I think, is a little bit of a bad example because if you had
0: Mahomes, he kind of won you a fantasy league. Yeah. He was a Todd Gurley-level player. Yeah. But for the most part, yes, quarterbacks score more than any other position. Right. However, you could have (laughs) 9 to 10 quarterbacks all within a 20-point radius of each other. And chances are you're in a 10-team league each team is gonna have one of those quarterbacks. Yeah. Which means the difference between the number one quarterback yep. and the number ten quarterback isn't gonna be that much in a given year.
1: I think every single week in fantasy there's a quarterback that finished with twenty plus fantasy points this year. Every single week. Um you can find for me, this is the why I look at this, is that I calculated the averages of what you have to do. Uh we calculated the averages of what, what you have to do. Uh, as a quarterback in order to be successful, you know, have a successful week in fantasy. And 20-plus fantasy points is right around that threshold. Yeah. Of course, it's nice to get 30, but obviously that doesn't always happen. 6% of the time this year, a quarterback got 30, and 3% of the time, a quarterback got 40. So you're telling me, you know, friggin' 6% of the time a guy got 30 or 40 points. That's not really a high percentage. Go after the 20-plus points. Go after the 25-plus points. If you take 25 points a week... Add it together over a 16 week season, you will get more fantasy points than what Patrick Mahomes scored this year, and that or right around the same area, and that yeah. is just by. It's not that hard to stream quarterbacks. It really isn't. Just find the guy on a good matchup and stick him in your lineup. And if you end up successfully doing that on a week to week basis, you're going to end up with a Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, sure, you don't have the the big name to sit there at quarterback all week, all year. I mean, <laughs> um, but you can find production through. Through streaming, don't waste an early round draft pick. No, on a quarterback. that would be
0: for me personally. That would be like a yeah. backup plan. I would try to find the this year's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. Later in the draft, definitely. But I if mean, I swing and miss, you know, your season's not over. You will know? I
1: be taking Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen late in, in my draft this next year? Probably. Yeah, yeah. but am I going to start them week one? No, unless yeah. they have a good matchup. No, I'm going to stream quarterbacks. The, a, good, a good way to go about this is to stream quarterbacks up until you find one that is successful enough for you. to Like, for you, it took one week. <laughs> right. You found Patrick Mahomes. So for most people, it takes six or seven weeks to find that guy. But if you find the guy, let him stick on your team. I just don't like the fact where you get a guy like Andrew Luck, who was a beast all year. 25 fantasy points a week, consistent. And then in the last month of the season, when I relied on him in my fantasy playoffs, he had six, like something like six and ten fantasy points. And it's like, that is not what I want from my starting guy. I'd rather stream quarterbacks and take a risk there than let Andrew Luck sit in my starting lineup the whole season and and beat me up. Because there was even games where Patrick Mahomes didn't do well, and you almost lost those games. So don't waste an early-round draft pick. Um, not even on Mahomes. Please, people, do not draft I, Mahomes I, early. I, I might do it. He might do it. <laughs> uh, that's because you look at Mahomes as some kind of league winner, boss. <sighs> Patrick. Oh Mahomes. dang, he is a league winner. Freaking Patrick. At least Mahomes. this year he was. Uh, I'm going to give you tip number eight. Uh, be wise. Be wise with your flex. So, this is an interesting thing that I uh, have learned over the last couple years. Um, the flex position is not just for starting running backs and wide receivers, and everyone 's like, "What do you mean oh <laughs> yeah it 's not you 've got to think strategically. this is not like, you 're not adding tight ends unless that 's what your league does. Feel free mm-hmm. not that you would ever want to start a tight end in your flex spot. That yeah. would be awful. Uh, there is the super flex with quarterbacks and tight ends involved, but um generally speaking in a regular league where r b s and wide receivers are the only flex position that you got. Um, You got to think strategically. If you have a starting running back in your flex, um, and you have an RB one who's on the injury report listed as questionable, right? And that RB, uh, that flex, or that RB one is starting on uh, Sunday, and you have a flex that's starting on Thursday night. Start the Thursday night running back in your starting RB one position. And you're a lot of people like, wait a minute, why would I do that? Because it allows you on Sunday, if the RB1 that you have is inactive, um, you can use a wide receiver or a running back on your bench to replace them in your flex. So I have an example to give you uh, some clarity. It's a little bit confusing. Mm. Um, you have Sony Michelle in your flex and Melvin Gordon in your RB1 slot. Michelle plays on Thursday night. Gordon plays on at 4 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Um, Gordon happens to be on the injury report as listed as questionable. So you don't know if he's going to play. No one knows if he's going to play. Um, you move Gordon to your flex and put Michelle in your starting RB one slot, allowing him to start on Thursday night football. And then when Sunday rolls around and Melvin Gordon is listed as, as an active boom, now you can use a wide receiver or a run or a running back, uh, to replace that flex spot. so it's it's kind of an effective strategy. You do the same thing on Monday night, too. If you have a guy playing on Monday night football, you want to stick them in your flex spot um, instead. So if I have Melvin Gordon playing on Monday night football, right, I'll put Melvin Gordon in my uh, flex spot just as an opportunity to say, okay, well, if my guy doesn't play, I can put a wide receiver or another running back into that position in case. It gives you more flexibility and more options, hence the position flex.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's something that not a lot of people even think of. It's yeah. not, like, that complicated to do either, and it doesn't take a lot of effort, Yeah, but it helps a lot. And not always is he going to be questionable or whatever. He mm-hmm. might be limited. If he's a limited participant in practice, mm-hmm. I'm putting putting him in that flex spot just yeah. in case. Right. I mean, those it, it seems so simple, but yeah. little things like that can make a difference in your yeah.
1: league. Yeah, they can help you win your league. Because you might,
0: you might have a really solid – WR three that you can start at yeah. your flex spot and your running backs on your bench blow, which has happened to me, <laughs> happens to you, yeah, um, and that's going to make a huge difference because yeah. that could be the difference between ten points mm-hmm. and ten points. And a lot of competitive leagues is the difference in games.
1: Yeah, I had uh, I had Tyler Lockett sitting on my bench. You had him first half of the season. I had second half oh, of gosh. the season. Uh, Lockett did not start a game in our league, um, but that's one of those things where if you hold on to him for a specific amount of time. That's a good flex option. He is, yeah. And if a guy is out, the, the, there was one circumstance, a guy in uh, in a league I was playing in had Melvin Gordon, and I think a lot of people had this problem, but Melvin Gordon was playing at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. Right. And no one expected him to be inactive, but he was inactive with some kind of knee thing going on. So he was inactive for that game, and then people woke up on the East Coast for – you know, some game happened in at London at nine AM, and they didn't start Melvin. They didn't take Melvin Gordon out of their lineup. But had they been prepared and understood that, they would have been able to move some things around and try to get him it would have been get much themselves. Easier. It would have been much easier for them to to win their week. I believe the person in our league that had Melvin Gordon that week lost their 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 week because yeah, I think uh, I was uh, playing that person. <laughs> oh, frick! <laughs> uh, you got number seven, Rick.
0: Yep, number seven.
1: <clears throat> Sorry, champions. <laughs>
0: Take risks. So I was a champion. Oh, boy. This year, actually. I was a champion a few years ago, too. But that's... (laughs) I'm not going to go there. Here we go. Champions take risks. So what I mean by that, I'm not just talking draft. Mm -hmm. I'm not just talking trades. I'm talking in all of fantasy. Example. Yeah. We already brought this up. But the Patrick Mahomes in the ninth round. Mm -hmm. Everyone in that draft room was roasting me. And I would have been roasting (laughs) me, too. But I believed in Patrick Mahomes. I believed in his weapons. Yeah. And I didn't think he was going to be that good, but I took a chance on him. And I had a good backup plan in Drew Brees yeah. and ended up paying off. You look at some trades. You'll make some trades that you'll be like, oh, why I don't, am I, I doing this? Right. But you'll have a plan. In your head. Yeah. Always have you a plan. Always, you always have a good backup plan. And if you believe in that guy, don't be afraid to take the risk. Another one, Saquon Barkley, seventh overall. A lot yeah. of people were worried about him. He's a rookie. The offensive line is shaky. Yeah. And he could have very easily flaked. Mm -hmm. But if you believe in the player, don't be afraid to take a risk because a lot of things are going to happen in your favor and a lot of things are going to go the other way too. Yeah. It's just a matter of things that you hit on. So don't be afraid to take risks on big things either because if you can hit on a few big things, those other things that won't go your way won't
1: matter as much. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes risks won't pay off, but you got to take them anyway. Um, and it's important to take them. If you're getting an offer to trade, you like don't. And, and the, one of the guys they're offering is a guy you don't want, you know, the guy that you don't want to give up is in the deal. Mm -hmm. Um, a certain player, you know, it's too risky to take the deal. Yeah. Um, do the deal. Yeah. You're, you're freaking out about it. Just do the deal. Like, okay, you don't want to give that guy up. That means you're overvaluing them. And, And if you're, if you're interested in a deal, that means it's probably a fair deal. Now, obviously, don't be stupid if you're in love with a guy, but take the risk. no team ever won a fantasy league by playing it safe except for somebody we know yeah one one year <laughs> one, one year, year. <laughs> um so playing it safe doesn't when you're like i i can give you uh actually i'm gonna save that example for later, but yeah no i I think you gotta take risks in your leagues you gotta put yourself out there, i think. There's a lot of there was a deal that we made that was a blockbuster last year. It yep. was like a three team deal with three different players or I had like seven different players, new players on my roster after this yeah. deal, and I was sweating. Um and it ended up I do not I g I don't I can't I don't know if it bit me in the butt or not, but it had Le'Veon Bell in it, and then I traded Le'Veon Bell later to get Mark Ingram. Yeah. So it was a complete you disaster. You had a, that would have been a great trade for it you. It would have been a Le'Veon great played. trade if LeVeon played, but it just turned out that it didn't work. But it's a risk that you needed to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the end, don't play it safe. You know, go out and do what you can to win your league. Two, the two most traded teams, the two teams that made the most trades yeah. in
0: our personal fantasy league was me and you. We were the two highest scoring teams in the league. That's no.
1: not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence at all. Uh, tip number six. I love this one. I like to call it hitting the twos and threes in trades. Um, this is al- this is an almost never. And a suggestion at the same time. So it's a it's a don't do this, but do this in return to the other people. Um, so obviously different circumstances change the right. variable That is key before we start. But I like to live by this model. Never take a two-for-one or a three-for-one deal uh, when you're getting the two players or the three players. Because most of the time, unless the other player is an idiot and you're getting two stars, most of the time... You're trading like uh, I think I offered you a, a what was it a two for one this year or you were trying to offer me a two for one it was we did a ton of Travis those. Travis Kelsey for Tyler or Gronk and Tyler Lockett or yeah. Stefan Diggs and Tyler Lockett or I, I can't remember uh, both but of those actually. that's a two for one avoid those deals. Because those deals are not there to benefit you. You want the stud guys. You want the big players. And if Mm -hmm. you're giving up a big player to get two players, you might be thinking, well, I'm getting two players in return. Those two players are really good. No. Just generally avoid them. Sometimes it's a good deal Mm -hmm. and you take it. Judge that for what it is. But most of the time, you don't want to take a two for one or a three for one. Um, Always offer. This is the suggestion. Always offer. Two or three guys to get the stud studs win chips, boys stud win studs win ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, studs win chips, yeah, it's true. you can
0: have three really good players on your roster that yeah. can carry you to a championship. we've seen that happen in our league many times, yeah, now, the reason why we say circumstances is mm-hmm. because
1: sometimes in a trick my it's offered
0: personal, right, well, obviously there'll be mm-hmm. obvious ones like two for one deal where it's like two clearly really good players for one player who's slightly better yeah you take that deal but in my personal experience if you're struggling and you know you don't have a good team Mm -hmm. and someone comes to you with three guys who are or let's say two guys because that's a little more realistic two guys who are really solid and will both clearly start in your team preferably like two running backs and they're offering a two-for-one for you, that's a situation where I'd probably take the deal depending on it. Yeah. you still got to be really careful with that. right? But that would be a situation if you know you have to improve your team and you have to do something, right. then you take as
1: many players as you can. The reason why I call this hitting the twos and threes is because if you can hit on these deals where you trade two or three players. Mm-hmm. I traded three players for Kareem Hunt this year. It was a great deal. I can only remember what I offered, but it was three bench players for Kareem Hunt. Um, oh, no, I, I traded away – I'll talk about that later, but I traded away Jordan Howard and a couple of other guys to get Kareem Hunt, and uh, it was trading three guys for one guy. And, you know, if you can make it work out for you, you can make it work out for you. Be a good negotiator. You know, it's not just about, you know, in order to hit a two or three deal, you have to be a very good negotiator. But it's all mm-hmm. about getting the star. Because if right. you don't have stars in your team, you don't win fantasy championships. It's simple as that. If you want to win a fantasy championship, you've got to have a star in your team. You're not going to win with a bunch of average. I've never seen a team have two guys, two starting, two best players get hurt and then try to weave, weave their way through the waiver <laughs> wire and make it. Like, it's never going to work out. You need studs to win championships. Always be prepared to go out and get those studs uh, to win chips. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got tip number five, Rick.
0: Yeah, tip number five. Reactions don't win championships. No, they don't. Now, I'm not talking about overreactions on trades or in the draft. I'm more focusing on beginning of the season overreactions. Mm -hmm. We see it all the time. There'll be breakout players on week one. Patrick Mahomes, James Conner. There were some guys that broke out. Yeah. There was also some guys that did not break out, and people thought they would. For example, Deion Lewis had 17 points week one. He was on everybody's trade market. Everybody wanted Deion Lewis. He's going to be the guy in Tennessee. They're going to run the ball. They're going to use Deion Lewis in the passing game. He mm-hmm. didn't have a great season. Yeah. Um, there was some a few other examples too that go out through the year. Yeah. And every year we see it. Right. It's you don't want to overreact off one week. You don't even <laughs> want to overreact off two weeks. <laughs> don't. Do I it. usually give it three weeks. Yeah. And then see where you are from there and go by week to week. But don't if a guy scores thirty points on the waiver wire. Don't pick him up and treat him like he's Todd Gurley.
1: Yeah, it's true. Now, if you're treating him like Todd Gurley to trade him, that's a different story. <laughs> treating him like Todd Gurley to trade him. Um, okay, so I reacted on so many friggin' deals this year. Uh, it hurt my team. I, you know, a lot of people, you're going to hear all this and you're going to think, wow, this guy blows at fantasy. But I was in the final four and won five out of six in my league. So you scored, a lot, I, of scored a lot of fantasy points. I scored a lot of fantasy points. I just made a couple of bad trades. These are risks that didn't pay off. So, first off, I fell in love with Rob Gronkowski. Mm. I, I I let my ship sink with Gronk. Uh, I made a trade for him. I think it was towards the end of the season. It was a very bad trade. Not a good idea. Um, it didn't end up hurting me in the end because I wouldn't have won. Tight ends don't really win or lose you games. But... Uh, I did fall in love with Gronk. It hurt my team. It was an overreaction for me. I drafted Carson Wentz way too early. I talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. I should have drafted Joe Mixon there. If I had not drafted, you know, if I had drafted Joe Mixon, I might have been in a different position as the season went along. Um, I traded for Le'Veon Bell because I believed he was coming back. Another overreaction. All these make me sound like a second fantasy. Like I said, I finished four in that league, won five out of six. Um Think and assess before you freaking react, right? mm, man, because I I have this example that I wanted to give you. If I had Christian McCaffrey on my team, I would have traded him after the first five weeks this year, just as a person, knowing. I, I want to tell myself that I wouldn't, but I know I would have, Yeah, he because would've. the way he played in the first five or six weeks of the season, and the way he was valued in our league, I was like, I would deal him, and that would have been a overreaction for me. I think a lot of people may have overreacted on on Christian McCaffrey and said, oh my gosh, i got to trade him. He's not that good. Um, using and assessing that situation is important because I drafted Jordan Howard this year in the third round, right? Thought he was going to be a stud. Right after him, Christian McCaffrey goes, my mistake. But I looked at Jordan Howard and I said, okay, Tariq Cohen's getting a lot of snaps. The guy's... He's you know they're moving the ball down the field with him and not Jordan Howard and they're splitting snaps. Right. Because of that, I said, "All right, I need to deal Jordan Howard." Nothing in the situation with Christian McCaffrey led you to believe that they weren't going to continue using Christian McCaffrey. For me, I looked at Jordan Howard's situation. I was like, "I can't do it." So I went out and I traded him for Kareem Hunt, and so I got a guy that was going to succeed the way that I expected Jordan Howard to in the season. Um, so. Just don't, don't overreact. Reactions don't win you championships. Assessments do. Right. Assessing the situation and saying, okay, is this guy really flopping? Is this guy really not doing good? Or, or overreacting. One of the guys that I think people overreacted to this year is tight end uh, Eric Ebron. Hmm. Huge overreaction. The guy got, like, two catches in one game and still scored 25 fantasy points. Two touchdowns on two catches. You know, it's it's, it's insane. Those are little things that you have to look at. Those are little things you have to really look at the statistics, look at the numbers, and understand how they work. Um, There's, like, Isaiah Crowell had a big – I remember this in one of my
0: other leagues. He scored 20 points in a standard league week one against the Detroit Lions. It was a good matchup. Every single person in that league was going after Isaiah Crowell, and they were sending dumb offers. That's a situation where you look at they have two running backs, a rookie quarterback, and a relatively tough schedule. Yeah, that's when you don't overreact. You don't overreact to it. That's when if he's on your team, you're trying to get rid of him at that point. I traded him. Well, yeah. his value was at Delta. a high point. You did, yeah. As a good example, and you got what I think you got a
1: solid return for it. Considering, I I, yeah, I got a nice deal. I guess I so, don't remember yeah, what I just got. Don't, so many trades. Don't freak out. Don't panic.
0: Don't panic. Sit there, think. <laughs> it's like your mom said: if you don't got anything nice to say, think don't, about it. You think about it, and then call them
1: an idiot. Fantasy is filled with a lot of uh, knee jerk reactions, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times, you know, even as a as a fantasy podcast, we will probably react. Oh gosh, yeah, 100%. obviously, every single week to certain situations that may seem like an overreaction, but. Hey, you know, gotta go with the flow. Nobody's I got perfect. tip number four for you: uh, don't just rank tier. Use tears, people. Tears are fun for everyone. <laughs> that rhymed. Did You mean for that I, to rhyme? I didn't. I didn't expect you to laugh at that joke. <laughs> I did not expect you to laugh at that joke at all. It was such a dad joke. I had, it is a dad joke. And I had a, I had a, I had a sound effect cued and everything. And you laughed at it. It literally, says in my notes. If no one laughs, hit the cricket button. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so I'm going to explain tears to you. Uh, so let's break it down. It's basically breaking down your team or your rankings into levels. Almost based on uh, production level. Um, so this is like having rankings and drawing a line uh, under a like, sp- point where you're looking at it and going, okay, this is a drop-off point for players. I don't know if you've ever done that, but you have like rankings yeah. in front of you, and you're like, okay, uh, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, draw a line, you know, and then you keep going from there. That is essentially what tiering is. I use tiers for this. When drafting, say you have two players you want, um, and they're both in the same round, and you got to choose one guy. The other guy's not going to be on the board. You're trying to choose. One is a wide receiver. The other is a running back. The running back is a Tier 4 for you. So my rankings, I tier them out, and you say, okay, that running back's a Tier 4. And the wide receiver is a Tier 3. Take the wide receiver because you get the better value. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it, and you're going, okay, well, the running back position is is, is – Freaking gassed. It's done. You know, yeah. you're at tier four for running backs. What are you getting? But tier three for wide receivers, that's still pretty good. Go out and grab that guy. Uh, take the wide receiver. You get better value every time. Uh, it gives you a better understanding of where to take guys and what their true value is in the particular spot that you're taking them. Uh, for example, my top running backs this year are Gurley, Barkley, Zeke, Gordon, Kamara, in that order. Tier one would be Gurley, Barkley, and Zeke. Tier two would be Gordon and Kamara because there is a drop off right after Zeke. So to me, there is a slight drop off, and that's what tiering players is about: finding yeah. that drop off and saying, okay, where is this guy going to go? And then you use that in your drafts. Empty that. You know, there's going to be times where there's runs on guys. You know, you go on a run of running backs, and you're like, oh crap! <laughs> All these running backs are coming off the board. Right. You know, you you empty the tank at running back, and then and then you go to wide receiver, and, and that's like that's how I look at it when you're trying to decide between a wide receiver, running back, tight end, whatever it is. You know, you take that guy at that particular spot because of the value. So tiering guys in drafts is so important, and in the regular season too. Understanding what guys are good, and what you make guys trades. are bad. Yeah, it helps you make trades. So those are my thoughts on tiering. Tiering is important. I
0: it's something I want to get better at because yeah. I usually don't do that. But I've seen you do it, and it works very well. Yeah, my tiering would actually be different. I'd have I'd probably have Gurley and Barkley in its own tier. That's tier one. Mm-hmm. Then I go Zeke, Kamara, Gordon McCaffrey. Yeah, I have all those guys in a separate Same, tier. Yeah, yeah.
1: um, but, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't fully disagree you, with that. I saw, you, I noticed you had Zeke. Yeah. in your first tier. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. I had some <laughs> feelings on Zeke that you people will hear about in the coming weeks. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, I love Zeke, and I've been uh, on an emotional roller coaster with my boy Ezekiel Elliott. For years. Yeah, for years. But I am I, I was not sure at the end of the season, but I've kind of changed my mind in recent weeks. Okay. um, So let's move on to tip number three, Rick. So focusing on running backs in general. Yep. Your
0: top focus in fantasy should not be Patrick Mahomes. Yep. It should not be Antonio Brown. Yep. It should be Todd Gurley. It should be Saquon Barkley. It should be the running backs. Um, An example for you, I think we both agree – that running backs and wide receivers are number one and two, right? Wide yeah, receivers yeah. are the second most important. Yeah. So the difference between Tyreek Hill and Todd Gurley, the number one wide receiver and the number one running back in standard
1: – I think Tyreek Hill was number one in standard.
0: Yeah. In standard leagues. Yeah. We'll go standard. Is 70 fantasy points. That is a major difference. Yeah. Major. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley was awesome, but Parkley and some other guys yeah. – well, Barkley and Kamara and McCaffrey weren't yeah. that far behind them. Yeah. They were all ahead of Tyreek Hill. You have to focus on running backs. Running backs will win you the league. Yeah. If you
1: have two really good running backs, that's going to make such a big difference. Yeah, it's huge. I think people spend too much time drafting and looking at the wide receiver position as a whole. Um, I hate, hate, hate the strategy of drafting wide receivers first. It's literally the dumbest strategy on the face of the earth, unless you're in a PPR format. The dumbest strategy on the face. I've, I've seen people, I've seen people in standard and half PPR leagues draft high, wide receivers so high. Um, in the past, in the recent years, you know, the past two years, I think there has been this trend of moving towards wide receivers in the first round, and people were taking yeah. wide receivers higher and higher. Brown was higher. number one overall in most yeah. leagues last two yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah, two years ago and uh, it was just this trend and now you're moving back into a you know the the old trend of running backs first i think when you're in a standard or a half ppr league running backs will get you a lot more fantasy points than a wide receiver will and you see that you know shown through in the statistics that yeah. rick just shared um running backs are far more scarce than wide receivers um, so you gotta get your running backs first, no matter what. You're gonna have a league, whether it's standard PPR, half PPR, you're going to have a league where running you know, where you gotta get you gotta get two running backs on your team. You're gonna have to do yeah, that. Two running backs and, I think are
0: more valuable
1: yeah, than a wide receiver. Even in back. a PPR, even the wide receivers score more fantasy points than running backs in a PPR league most of the time. Running backs are still scarce and you still gotta draft running right. backs. In a PPR points.
0: league, a guy like Christian McCaffrey
1: yeah. is insanely, He's insanely valuable. valuable. yeah. Um, and you can get a top eight receiver in the third or fourth round sometimes. Right. Tyreek exactly. Hill, Michael Thomas, two guys that finished in the top seven or eight, they both were drafted in the third or fourth round this year. Um whereas, you know, a top eight running back leaves the board from they're all right. of them are gone. Barkley, in the first round. Camara, yeah, they all were of them, all gone. All of them gone in the first round. Um, the drop off in production for running back is far more steep than wide receivers, uh, and it's just always get your running backs high. Trade for running backs, do whatever you can to get beast mode running backs. Like I, I like to have the the trio of guys. That's that's perfect. Scenario, that's a perfect scenario. I like to go out and get my three boys, three my my three boys to to run the football. Two years ago, I had uh, Melvin Gordon. Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley on my team all at once—that is the perfect scenario. <laughs> and you didn't win the championship. Yeah, he got hurt. We were sorry. we I okay. It, I want reco- to recommend. I to, I want to recommend to people never ever do a week seventeen championship ever in a million in five years. That if you do a week me. seventeen championship, so many times. yeah, we lost so many leagues to underdogs because it was, it was a week a, seventeen. A, championship. a few years ago,
0: I had Tom Brady his MVP year, I think. Yeah. Or I'm not sure if it was his MVP year, but it was one of his very good years. It was yeah. a few years ago. Week 17, he plays the Bills. It's championship week. The reports pregame are that he might not play the game or he might play a first half and sit. Yeah. So I start, I think it was Andy Dolan or Andrew Luck. In mm-hmm. the championship game, that guy got me 10 points. Brady plays the whole game and got 30. I lost by like 15 points.
1: Yeah. that's Never do a week 17 championship. Um, But tip three, focus on the running backs. I'm going to give you tip number two. We're one tip away from completion of Mm. our tips. Um, We will soon, just as a side note, we will soon be launching a website where you can find uh, articles about this on it um, as well as uh, another page where you can join our community. Mm. Um, Those will be launching in a month or two. Um, But tip number two, the blocker. I like to call it the blocker because – this one's actually kind of funny and devious. In fantasy, you gotta be a little devious. Gotta, gotta do some dirty things. <laughs> oh boy! Now, some people have questioned my motives. In the past, some people. I including was re- myself. okay, so I get a lot of information before people like in the you know normal world do. Because you're always on your phone. Because I'm well, yeah, and I'm always on the internet. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so people get a lot of information. you know, they don't get information as fast as I do. So I found out that, you know, Le'Veon I was following it all day. There was like I found a news feed online that had the day Le'Veon Bell was supposed to report the last day. I found a new uh, like a, a camera feed online that showed outside the stadium where <sighs> Le'Veon Bell would drive in. I was yeah, like watching that. Freaky. It's a little freaky. I was stalking LeVeon much. Bell. Um I love you, Le'Veon Bell but I was I was watching it all just to find out and see how it unfolded to see if the guy would go, and I had this thought after it was reported that he wasn't going to report to, to the Steelers. I know this information. Should I trade him? And I'm like, that is such a horrible thing to do. I didn't do it. Don't do that, people. I'm not telling you to do that. That would be completely and utterly evil and uh, also somewhat of a colluding situation, so <laughs> <laughs> violating some league rules. Uh, but this one is completely legal. I call it the blocker. I love this one because it adds a little spice to fantasy football. Mm. Some, uh, some oomph to, and some, uh, some people get really ticked off, but it's fun when your rivals get pissed. Uh, caution. This will make other teams hate you. Uh, here's what you do. You're facing a guy who likes to stream quarterbacks. This is an example, facing a guy who likes to stream quarterbacks. If you have the roster space, go out and snag all of the quarterbacks who are on a good matchup that week. Uh, And you're facing that team, how damaging that is for that guy. Um, Block the other team from getting guys off the waiver wire. It's so lit and also kind of evil, but hey, fantasy is cutthroat, so why not? (laughs) I like to call it the blocker. It's kind of evil. That is a little evil, I think. A little evil. But hey, you got to win your league. You got to do what you do to win the league. Fair
0: enough. Do you want to hear the number one tip?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Number one tip Handcuffed.
0: Now, Let me take you back just a few months. You're playing in your league. You have a really good bench Mm. at the end of the season. You're thinking to yourself, man, if I have an injury, I'm okay because I have a good bench. (laughs) All of a sudden, you look on your phone, and look at that. Kareem Hunt beat up a girl. (sighs) He's not on the Chiefs anymore. Nope. Well, that stinks because now my good bench player is Tyler Lockett, and he's going to get me six fantasy points in the playoffs. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, if you had the handcuff strategy, yeah. which is getting the backup player mm-hmm. for the team. So, once you're that late into the season, you don't need a bench. No. You really don't need a bench. Not at all. Once you're in week 14, 13, you don't need a bench. Yeah. Let's say in that world, you pred- you didn't predict it, but you used the handcuff strategy mm-hmm. by taking either Spencer Ware or, let's say, Damian Williams. Yeah. To pr- help prove my point, we'll say Damian Williams. You took Damian Williams just as a backup, just in case. Yeah. And now you're stuck with him for the playoffs. Oh, that's a shame that you're stuck with him with 15 fantasy points, 24 fantasy points, and 18 fantasy points at your flex or at your RB2, Mm -hmm. which is essentially what Kareem Hunt was going to give you in standard leagues. Yeah. It makes a big difference if you're ready for it. And I know you had personal experience with this Mm -hmm. since you did have Kareem Hunt. I'll give
1: the story. Uh, Handcuffs are so key to your fantasy team uh especially later in the season around playoff time i i find that people like the players really good and it can help another team don't drop them right but, obviously but if you're if you're if you're holding on now this changes if you are in a dynasty league don't be dropping your whole bench to pick up your handcuffs. you're in a dynasty league go out and snag the guys that you think are going to be good next year and all that stuff it's obviously a different scenario redraft leagues you are sitting here with all of these guys on your bench that you 're not going to have next year. Why are you wasting your time holding on to them in the playoffs? Um, it drives me freaking crazy <laughs> when people hold on you're to just people. wasting players it's It's wasting players um, but early in the season, you can get away with not handcuffing guys. You know, but the problem is is that you know my situation with Kareem Hunt was crazy, but if a guy gets hurt or something bad happens, you want to have that backup because at least for a little while. The guy will be good. I picked mm-hmm. up Justin Jackson, you know, because he was playing better than Austin Eckler. He had and a good week. I picked him up two weeks before anyone else would even think about it. I didn't have Melvin Gordon. I didn't handcuff him, but he ended up having a good week the week I started him. Um, so when you when you're looking at using handcuffs, you need to make sure that you're getting your guy. Even some people do it in drafts. Some people go in their draft late round. They just snag the guy that's a handcuff. If you have enough roster spots, why not? You know, yeah. it's not a Depending problem. Depending
0: on the league. If you have a Depending lot of bench, on, right. bench spots, yeah. don't be
1: afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to do it at all. Um, so I did want to give you a story because I did have that situation. Kareem Hunt. So I picked up Spencer Ware as my handcuff for Hunt a couple weeks before he was released. Mm-hmm. Um, when he got released due to unfortunate circumstances, uh, I had Spencer Ware ready to go as my handcuff. Someone got so pissed in our league and was like, How did you know? That was me. I was like, no, I didn't (laughs) know. I just picked him up because I was prepared. Uh, It was a great feeling. It was a great feeling. Yeah. Um, Always have your handcuff prepared. You never know what's going to happen. This is more specifically talking about the running back position. You don't handcuff wide receivers because there's like three starters on a weekly basis. Right. If Julio Jones is out. Yeah, Muhammad Sanu can go right. off and not Calvin Ridley or right. vice versa. Yeah, so it's a week-to-week thing. But running backs, handcuff 100%. Because if you have a star running back like, for example, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara goes down and gets hurt. Who's mm-hmm. getting the workload? Mark Ingram. right? Now, Mark Ingram is a different story because Mark Ingram was actually decent enough to make starting lineups last year. But if you're in a situation with Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware, Spencer Ware doesn't see any snaps. It's not worth having him on your no, team. no. You know, same thing with Malcolm Brown, same thing with Rod Smith this year. Uh, All backups to – Rod Smith back up to Zeke, Malcolm Brown back up to Todd Gurley. You pick those guys up, you put them on your team, the guy gets hurt, misses a week, you go out and you start him. It's as simple as that. Right.
0: And you know what I've heard before many times? Oh, I don't want to drop someone on my bench because I don't want to give them to a team that's in the playoffs. Or I don't want to give them to someone. So, who the problem cares? with that, chances are, if you're dropping the last guy yeah. in your bench, he's not going to start on the playoff team that you're worried about. Yeah.
1: It's very right? True.
0: That's not going to happen. If anything, maybe the team in last place who's trying to win the consolation prize will pick yeah. him up. But who cares if you're in the spot that you are? Yeah, That should not matter. What matters to you is having a backup plan
1: Yeah, for 100%. a horrible situation. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, that is our... Top ten tips and tricks for the 2019 season. Just don't forget, fantasy football is not about having fun. It's not. It's about winning. It's about winning. So go win Dominate. your fantasy leagues. Dominate. And yell at all your, of your friends. Leagues. I also want. I also want to make a a, a small side note. Um, strategy in your fantasy league is so utterly important. And when I say strategy, I'm not talking about draft strategy. You know, Everyone goes in their draft. Well, I'm going to draft wide receivers first. I'm going to draft running backs first. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Well, you, yeah, okay, great. What's your strategy for the regular season? No one knows the answer. They're like, oh, what are you talking about? I have a strategy where I'm like, okay, I want to get this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. And I make a friggin' list of guys I want to get. And then I make a plan, a subsequent plan. I made a plan for you this year. I said, I'm going to get... Le'Veon Bell from him, and I'm going to get Joe Mixon from him. And I did both things. Yes. So it, it, it was it, it was in my head that I was going to do that, and I executed it. Make a plan for your whole season and say, this is what I want my team to look like in the end. I did the same
0: thing. Yeah. I, I, I unfortunately, could not draft Christian McCaffrey, and I took Jarrett McKinnon. Major L. McKinnon tore his ACL. <laughs> However, after that draft night, yeah, it was determined determined in my mind that I was going to try to get McCaffrey mm-hmm. during the year and I waited for his bad weeks to make offers eventually I ended up with him yeah. won the championship um situations like that happen you don't have to spend five hours you yeah. of a strategy I know you you do spend a lot of time thinking about it <laughs> I don't but I I always have a plan yeah. that I make up yeah. before time like always like you plan. said and you don't have to spend a few hours just spend like half hour being yeah. like, while you're sitting in the office at work and Jim is talking <laughs> trash to you about fantasy. Just just think about yeah. it yeah. and be like, it's okay, true. well, I like this guy. I'm, I want him. I want to do this. Form it and yeah.
1: execute it. It's true. Uh, hopefully these tips and tricks will help you win your league in 2019. Make sure you keep them, write them down, keep them bookmarked, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and make sure you use them for your 2019 and season. And when none of them work, make sure you come right back yeah. to us. Yeah, and complain because we'll be very wrong, but most of the time we're not. Um, So thank you for listening to the first iteration, first episode of the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Make sure you follow us and like us. Uh, Leave a review, subscribe wherever you're listening, YouTube, Apple Music, Podcasts, whatever you want to call it. Um, And, yeah, see you next week, Fantasy Champions. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The FF Champs.